You're listening to Journeys, a bite-sized podcast produced by Comma DC, which is a nonprofit organization providing a platform for immigrants in the DMV area to share their stories, skills, and ideas. I'm your host, Hala Flynn, and today's guest is Rajiv Desai. Hi, Hala. Thanks for having me. Um, Yeah, thanks for being here. For sure. Um, So once again, uh, you know, really excited to be on this on this podcast. Uh, Love Comma DC and all the work that you all do. So big shout out to all of you for the amazing work that you do for our community. Um, my name is Rajiv Desai. I live in Washington, DC in the convention center area, uh, which I absolutely love. Um, uh, for my work, I work as a diversity, equity, and inclusion practitioner. I just started my own uh, consulting firm a couple of months ago. Um, and I've lived and worked all over the, the pretty much all over the world. Um, but I was born and raised in India, and I moved to the US when I was 20 years old. So many, many moons ago. Where in India? I was actually born in Calcutta uh, in the east uh, and spent a few years in Bangalore in the south, uh, but also went to a boarding school in a different state. So very early on, and I think many of you will uh, resonate with this issue, which is the where are you from question. I think I always struggle with that question ever since I jumped around a lot just growing up in India itself. So um, yeah, but home is where the heart is. So Definitely. So as you just mentioned, you recently made a big change in your life that many people probably fantasize about often. You quit your corporate job and are now forging a path on your own. Can you tell me what that journey and decision-making process has been like? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, This is a great question. Um, If I can rewind maybe just five, six years, there was a moment five, six years ago when I kind of landed on a similar idea or feeling in my mind, if you will, where... I, I knew I wanted to start something of my own, but back then my challenge was I couldn't quite pinpoint what that was, right? And I think there was some internal confusion in my mind around uh, what does that look like? What do I want to do? And I was struggling with that a little bit. And so I think in the spirit of moving on, I did just continue with my corporate uh, work in many different sectors and, and different companies. Um, what's different about this time is that in that career and that corporate journey of mine in the last few years, I've, I've made a few pivots and I've landed in this beautiful space, uh, which I'm passionate about, which is diversity, equity, and inclusion. And what that journey is, has taught me is uh, a couple of things. One is it is super, super important, as we all know and have seen in the last few, even months and years, and even I would say a few days uh, that we're experiencing right now. What I've learned is, you know, there is a lot of work to be done in the DNI space, um, and many companies are approaching it differently. And one of the things that I, you know, was being very mindful of is companies are starting this journey very late. Um, maybe because of resources, maybe because of budgets, maybe because of lack of prioritization. And I really wanted to focus on small organizations that are just getting started as a company or as a nonprofit. Um, and help them with their DNI journeys early on. And so while I've been doing this only for about seven or eight or six or seven months now, um, I have a couple of clients already, which I'm proud to say, and I am helping them really just build their DNI journeys in a very organic, sustainable, and uh, intentional manner, as opposed to just doing what everyone else is doing. So that's that's kind of been my journey. And I think the biggest difference between this moment versus five or six years ago is that inner kind of fire or purpose that we all look for. Uh, 
that helped me take that big leap, even though I hadn't figured anything else out, right? I hadn't figured out what does my company structure look like? What does the team look like? How am I selling my services? All I knew is what my mission was, and I'm kind of going behind that. And I think everything else just falls into place. So that's been my journey, and I'm, I'm really excited to be on it right now. How has your experience as an immigrant kind of shaped that, that inner fire that you just mentioned? I'm going to answer that question in two parts. Uh, the first is really just what does that experience do in the field of diversity, equity, and inclusion, right? If you talk to any DNI practitioner, there's oftentimes a nice, beautiful connection to their own identities. Uh, oftentimes, there are many of them. Um, and I think that fuels a lot of the work in the DNI space, whether you go down the activism route or the change management route or the, the corporate route. Um, and so for me, that was a big factor over the course of my, you know, years of immigration, I've noticed moments where, uh, you know, I have felt included, I have felt excluded, I have felt like I've been stereotyped, uh, I felt that I have been, you know, uh, done wrong because of certain parts of my identity, I have felt unsafe, uh, and all of those uh, feelings and experiences cumulatively you know, kind of fuel the fire in the in the body of diversity and inclusion. Um, and then the second piece that I would say is, as an immigrant, you, we we take a lot of chances. We are a little bit more risk risk uh, friendly, uh, and we you know seek greener or newer uh, you know areas. And I think that's been um, my kind of premise on trying something different and seeing how I seeing where it goes. So, yeah. How would you connect your choice to leave your job, the previous job that you had, to other decisions and, and opportunities to take risks in your life? I was actually talking to another friend about this just recently. And I think, I think the best way to explain this is, and I've been doing this for a good seven, eight years now, ever since uh, I lived in Dubai many years ago. Um, I tend to do an internal calibration every six to eight months. And that calibration basically looks, what it looks like for me is, what am I giving to the external world? And that could include the organization, the city that I'm living in, the company that I'm working for. It's, it's not necessarily linked to jobs, it's everything I do. And what am I getting back in return, right? And I think there has to be, to the extent possible, a little bit of equilibrium in that giving and taking. And when I start noticing that there's a big gap in that, that's when I kind of feel like, okay, something has got to change. And that change can always be something different. It can mean a relocation. It can mean a change of role. It can mean a change of job. Um, sometimes the change happens for you. Sometimes, you know, the external uh, world kind of does the change for you in the, in the form of an acquisition or in the form of a uh, change of manager. So I think if you intentionally do that level of calibration every so often, uh, and it's especially important because our values and our purposes change over the course of time, right? What I value 20 years ago uh, is may still be important, but there may be other areas that are far more important now. And therefore, a continuous calibration with yourself and your inner purpose uh, is extremely important to make sure that you're on your, on your path. Totally. So this process of calibration, self-reflection, seems like it's helped you build a really strong sense of knowing when and how to say no to something that isn't working for you. Like you said, when your values change. Um, so how did you develop that intuition and how has it served you in your personal and professional life? Oh, wow. The, the power of saying no. I thought I was bad at that, but I think I'm getting good at it. <laughs> um, 
And I think it stemmed from a transformational experience that happened uh, when I was 27, when I came out of the closet. And um, and I promise there's a connection here. So, um, you know, when I came out of the closet, before I came out, I had told myself, there are certain people that matter to me a lot. And it, it's important to me that they accept me for who I am. And the rest of the world, I honestly don't care about. If they like it, if they don't like it, if they accept me for who I am, I really don't care because it's my journey, my life. And that process really helped me start saying no to them in other areas of my life with them, if that makes sense, right? So whether it be interacting with them, visiting them, and it could be family, friends, relatives, ex-colleagues, if it doesn't make me smile, if it doesn't make me happy, if I don't feel good about it inside my heart and my stomach, I just find a way to say no and get out of it. I, I'd rather not waste my time or my mental energy. Uh, it's just easier to say no and move on. And I think the more we do it, the more it gets better. What was your support system like during these risks that you've taken and how did they contribute to the outcome? You know, when we were growing up, my parents took quite a few, what I would consider non-traditional risks, right? We always have a, a path that everyone kind of, or at least society expects you to kind of follow. And even in that path, my parents took a lot of risks for themselves. And what I learned from that is, yes, you must do a little bit of research. You must do a little bit of planning. But at the end of the day, you know, you have to take that leap, right? In, in a calculated way. And, and, and find the people that will help you when you need the help, say you fall or you, you, know, you, you stumble upon some issues. Um, and again, I think that ties in beautifully with people that you surround yourself with anyways, people that value what you value, people that are on the same kind of purpose spectrum that you are, you automatically find that they're the ones who actually push you to take those risks as opposed to hold you back, right? And the perfect example uh, is very recently when I started my own company, um, I had a bit of imposter syndrome, right? I had this feeling of, uh, what if I don't succeed? What if I can't make it? What if I don't get my first client? Uh, and I'm just getting started. So I don't know what the future holds like for me, but I'm enjoying the process. I have two clients now. And it was a few close friends who actually said, Rajiv, you've been talking about this for a few years now. Go for it, right? What's the worst that can happen? And I think the willingness to take risk comes from yourself, but also from those that you surround yourself with uh, because they share the same values as you do. Yeah, that's so important. When you look forward to the next six to eight months um, or whenever your your next calibration period will begin, what kind of things are you envisioning for yourself? You know, a, a new entrepreneur should probably never feel like this or think like this, but I'm going to say it anyways, because uh, I always believe the work that you all are doing creates a bit of a safe space. Uh, there is this notion that there are many kinds of clients and you always want clients that are also on a similar purpose and values journey as you are, right? That would be the ideal situation. And I would really like to see that calibration happening with my clients to say that, you know, the clients that I work with are also very intentional about this work. You know, they're not just doing it because of PR or because of society asked them to do it. It would be, and my, my current client is like that. And I love that about them, right? And it's, it's just so nice to work with somebody who, is on the same level of intentionality as you, the same level of, you know, consideration, uh, thoughtfulness. And I think six to eight months when I calibrate, I think that's what I'll be looking for is when I look at my 
group of clients, where does that sit in terms of, you know, like-mindedness and, and alignment of values? That would be really awesome to see. I don't want to sound like I'm preaching, but I will say, you know, there we've been through a lot in the last few years, especially in the last year. And, uh, you know, everyone's life is unique and different. Um, be be there for those who are around you and help them with such journeys if uh, to the extent that you can. And if you are on a similar journey, uh, take those risks, uh, learn from them. And if I can help in any way, definitely reach out to me. That's awesome. Thanks so much, Rajiv. Thank you, Hala. And thank you, Kama DC. Thanks for listening in to this episode of Journeys by Kama DC. For more stories told by immigrants in the DMV community, visit our website, kamadc.com, or follow us on Instagram 